Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams, niche nonsense, or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Hello and welcome to Stop. Hammer time. And it's an uncharacteristic hammer time this week as we luxuriate in what I'm sure will prove to be a, a temporary form of euphoria uh, generated by the fantastic results we've had in the last couple of weeks and which I'm sure will evaporate and disappear after we're beaten soundly by Everton and then Leicester. But here to celebrate our temporary uh, triumph uh, is Jim Grant, as always. Hello, Jim. Good evening. Everything all right over there? Yeah, very good. Thank Are you surviving lockdown? Yes, yes, still, still, still surviving. I've begun. Uh, I've started laundering masks now. Have you? Yes, yes. Yeah. I sort of. Uh, I what I was doing was acquiring more masks, which meant I didn't have to. Uh, because what would happen was I'd have to get a mask because I'd forgotten to leave the house with a mask. So now I'm washing the earlier masks, which, aren't, which obviously aren't the paper right. masks. Yeah, I, I thought you'd gone into the black market, Phil. I thought you were saying you were laundering them. <laughs> laundering masks, them yes, yes. And selling them off at right. an inflated price. An astute observation there from one of the greatest sports journalists ever known. It's Jim Munro. Hello, Jim. In, in his own lunchtime. Hello, guys. Nice to be back. Thanks very much for inviting me. And particularly at this time with these rip-roaring goal-scoring irons, plenty to talk about. Are you are you suggesting we go into business, some kind of uh, black market trade in masks? Well, it's like wartime, isn't it? Uh, at the moment we're locked down, so I'm sure there's something could be done. I haven't seen a banana since March, and uh, Jim, you've been uh, you've been <laughs> selling silk, silk, silk stockings on the uh, on the black market, haven't you? Yeah, silk stockings and, and, and watches. Yes. Have you got one of those overcoats where you open it and it's all like uh, vertically dangling watches? I have, yeah. <laughs> it's really come into its own. Yes, yes, it must must do, must do. Um, I was mad when I when I got one. When you first bought one of those, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think out of wartime, they seem a slight anachronism. Those overcoats full of watches on the inside. Yeah, it's quite a difficult fashion statement. To, of course, Kanye West has uh, has um, uh, an overcoat uh, that's just all Rolexes, vertically dangling Rolexes <laughs> knitted into an overcoat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's very difficult to knit silver into any kind of <laughs> garment that works, but he's managed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, yes, now um, we uh, on the podcast today, we've got three games to talk about because we didn't do a stop hammer time last week because we suddenly realised that there would be a game of football at the time we normally record it, the uh, game against uh, uh, Hull. So uh, in this stop hammer time, we have three games to discuss. Uh, The Wolves game at the weekend, the Hull game uh, a week ago and the Arsenal game prior to that. Um, So in eight days, uh, given the Hull game and the Wolves game, we have... uh, scored nine goals in uh, eight days, I believe. Um, no, ten uh, goals. Ten no, goals. ten. Yes, right, ten, yes, yeah. Ten goals in eight days, uh, which is over a goal a day. Uh, and <laughs> Jim, you were saying earlier that there are 236 days till the end of the season. Um, so uh, that means, because we oh. finish on May the 23rd next year, so we're looking at a um, little over 236 goals divided by 35 games. Uh, I should... Uh, well, it's a lot of goals, basically. It is. It's um, Very, very promising. Uh, yeah. If we can keep scoring at that rate, we, we could be champions of the division. Um, I don't have a calculator in front of me to, do, to work out 236 uh, <laughs> goals divided by 35. But, I mean, it's a hell of a lot. Uh, so, all very promising. Um, it, it is indeed. Uh, just just to interrupt you there, Phil, on a more practical level, if you go back to that Chelsea game uh, of last season, uh, <laughs> which, uh, as we're all still celebrating, Yama's uh, last-minute winner, that's, yes. uh, include, including that game, it's 12 games played, 1-6, drawn three, lost three. That includes the cup. But even if you want to take the cup out of the equation, uh, still played 10, won four, drawn three, lost three, which is 15 points from 10 games. That's which, very um, yeah. which if you do sort of extrapolate that, uh, or just use a calculator, one and a half points a game over 38 games, that's a 57-point season. So yeah, that's not a bad form guide. It's not a bad form guide at all. I could live yeah. with that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd snap your hand off for that. Um, shall we? Let's talk about the Wolves game first because it's more in more recent memory. That's that's mm. how witness statements work in crimes, don't they? They, they <laughs> you know, I well, mean, if, were if, if someone has witnessed sort of several crimes, some when they were at school, but they saw a murder. You know, yesterday, the police asked them about the most recent crime first, don't they? Because their memory of it is clearer. So. Uh, Using the techniques uh, employed by the CID, let's talk about the Wolves game uh, first of all, and then maybe we'll talk about um, Arsenal and Hull after that. Um, well, we—I mean, we didn't see that coming, did we? Uh, Jim Munro, what did you make of that? Um, probably the same as every other West Ham fan on this planet. Mm. Absolutely stunned, ecstatic. Uh, haven't stopped smiling since. Have watched the clips over and over again, and could yeah. continue to watch them. Um, just an incredibly uh, tough opponent, you would have thought, ahead of the game, who we completely dominated. Every yes. player on the pitch um, put in a great performance. Um, but I, I guess best of all was uh, it's in our, all of our natures to be as pessimistic as possible. And some of the abuse the West Ham official account was getting on Twitter when it, the team was named... And he sees yes. all the comments on Facebook and everything. You'd think that we'd given up and we're going to lose 10 0. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, to put in that kind of performance was not just encouraging, but it was, I know we're not talking about the Arsenal game as well, but it was an extension of Arsenal where we really should have had something out of that game. Yeah, absolutely. They played yeah. even better and were taking the chances. And what was pleasing to hear was that after the game, some of the players were disappointed we didn't score more goals. Yeah. yeah. I think that's um, I think that's a really good point, Jim. Because in many ways it absolutely was carrying on where we left off that eleven. Because obviously, apart from the enforced change for Diop, it was the same mm-hmm. starting eleven. Um, we you know, carried on where they where they left off. They were very very unlucky, I think, to uh, to lose that game against uh, Arsenal. And yeah. I just you know I've been looking today on on the kind of sort of match the statistics and things, and in fact. You know, the numbers from both games are very, very similar in terms of the kind of possession we had, the fact that we outshot the opposition, um, that we had, you know, created more chances, um, mm. you know. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, I was advocating 
um, and I think a lot of people have, have thought this, I'm not claiming any great um, insight to this, that the, 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 the wing-backs were the way to go because um, it fits it fits the players we have better. I think, you know, yeah. Rassawa is yeah. a left wing-back, he's not a left-back. And I think likewise Fredericks, you know, and, and having that extra kind of pace and ability to overlap... Um, mm. And and also, you know, with a kind of block of three and then Rice and Suchek in front of them, we look stronger defensively, to be honest. I know we were caught yeah. twice by Arsenal. Something but, I felt um, I, I, I sort of saw, certainly with Wolves, was, I mean, you know, not, not wanting to sort of put a damper on anything, but it was not the Wolves we've seen before. No. Um, uh, but in both of those games, it seemed that... Wolves didn't particularly play with the width that they normally play with, and nor did Arsenal. Arsenal seemed quite narrow. They only brought Pepe on, who's kind of a winger, isn't he, near mm. the end of the game. And in fact, that I think it was after he came on that they scored. Um, so it felt like we, even though that that uh, lineup worked very well, it felt that we sort of dodged a bullet a bit in that our wide players, you know, Masawaku in particular, didn't have the amount to deal with if they well, were playing. Well, you could, you could spin that on its head, Phil, because yeah. you could say that it's because of the way we were set up, we were stifling their opportunity to exploit the wings. I mean, look at what Traore did when he came on for Wolves yeah. in the back end of last season, and it was he made the difference and set up the two goals. This time, he was in Mazuaka's pocket and was hauled off. Yeah. Um, you know, they, and they doubled up very effectively, Mazuaka and Cresswell. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, you met, you mentioned, I mean, Mazuaka is the obvious example of someone who absolutely relishes this this new formation. But yeah. Cresswell looks a lot more comfortable alongside another two centre backs, where he doesn't feel he's got to go bombing forwards all the time. Yeah, well, um, he's, he's not yeah. exposed. His lack of pace is not exposed in the same way. In that, yeah, in that position. well, it's a good it's a good piece of management, isn't it? And it's what he did when he came last time after Billich yeah. is, you know, Cresswell is a really gifted footballer, a very talented footballer, I think. But he has since that knee injury, he has lost pace. But he did mm. a great job. We were sort of surprised at how. Uh, you know, sort of talented he was as a central defender in that first spell under Moyes. And similarly this time, he's kind of um, able to take mm. on kind of central defensive role <laughs> quite well. It's not difficult for him. He's not out of his depth. Um, you know, he's got two tall guys with him. So it's not as if he's expected to kind of, um, you know, defend corners against Andy Carroll or anything because we've got other guys to do that. So, um Keeping, you know, it's sort of extending his career by converting yeah. to part of a central three is a sensible piece of man management. And, and I think also a big shout out, because he doesn't often get one, to Og Bonner, who is mm. an absolute class act. As I, I think he's he's a really unsung. We we like him on this podcast. Absolutely. We've, said, we've mentioned it a lot. Yeah. But I, I don't think he gets from general, you know, um, social media and whatever, um, and forums and things, the, the credit he deserves sometimes. Um, oh, were, there are dissenting voices on some forums that yeah. absolutely loathe him. It's Dis ridiculous. I mean, it's insane. I mean, what are those people watching? I mean, yeah, exactly. And and I think he relishes being in in the middle of that three. Yeah. yeah. And really kind of um, marshalling it. You know, we we held a we held a fantastic defensive line in both those games actually, and it was only. Tired legs towards the end against Arsenal and also a very tight offside decision for their first goal. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I thought we looked really, really solid. So, so, yes, Wolves did that thing where West Ham have done so many times before thinking, oh, it's, it's West Ham, we always get three points, we only have to turn up. And they were, yeah. I think, shocked by our intensity, to, to, to be honest. And they never got into a, into a rhythm. They had a lot of possession. They had nearly 70% yeah. possession in that game. Yeah. But they couldn't mm. do anything with it. Um, and nor could it's... Arsenal, apart from two, as I say, two kind of two moments. Those were their two moments. We we should have taken our chances against Arsenal and we would have won that game comfortably. We, um, we should have had a penalty we, we, as well when you look at some of these penalty. penalties that have been given. The handball oh penalty is absolutely outrageous when you see some of the others that have been, been given. And mm. I, the more I look at it, the more I think that one where... Um, uh, Bowen was caught. He was caught in that. You know yeah. that that's, there was contact and he fell over. That normally is a penalty. Um, mm. 
yeah. you know, soft, but crikey, we've had plenty of those soft ones given against us, haven't we? So, yeah. Um, so I think you look back at the Arsenal game and, 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 and you felt your heart sank after it in a way because it was one of those good performance, but we didn't get yeah. anything from it. Well, oh, God, now we've got all these tough games. But actually, um, there's a well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll return to the. Maybe we'll return to the Arsenal game after we've sort of finished with the Wolves one because I think yeah. there, are, there are things to say, aren't there? I mean, obviously, they they link up with uh, the, the Wolves game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the what you really saw in the Wolves game also was just legs in midfield, didn't you? It's yeah. like Suchek, Suchek yeah. and Rice. Um, you know, they didn't have to run around like um, blue-ass flies because they're, you know, fit and fast. You know, and it makes a difference having Fournals and uh, Bowen there as well because they really put in shifts, don't they? Yeah. I mean, Fournals is all over the shop, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's crucial to, 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 to the way we, we play in that formation because he's got such energy. He and does he moves energy. the ball quickly. You know, the quick yeah. thinking for Bowen's goal, you know. Um, yeah, great, wasn't it? Really. You know, and the shot against the, the the post, you know, finding that space on the, on the edge. You know, he's... Um, he had a horror miss just before half time. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I thought he was excellent. You know, um, again, a bit unsung, I think. I just think yeah. he's really beginning to be a key element in that team. Uh, but Suchek, I, I was also, yeah. yeah I, I mean, Suchek, he had that header in the first half that just got parried away. He, he yeah. always looks like he's capable of scoring a goal when he burst through into the penalty area, whether it's either a corner or, or one of those moves where the ball's being cut back. But I was also impressed with Jared Bowen's confidence. Yeah. In that yeah. first goal, it was always in his mind what he was going to do, and he just picked his spot beautifully. Um, it's a, it's a class um, finish, for somebody, Yeah, for somebody who, who puts in so much effort and works so hard, and he's perhaps recognised as a goal scorer and was initially thought to come in as a goal scorer, it must play on, on a goal scorer's mind that he's not actually finding the net. But there was no yeah. anxiety or stress in, in, in his play. He was totally open and up for it and, and got his rewards. Yeah. yeah, those two guys, I mean, it, it's, it's their ability, but it's also their kind of their attitude that, that makes them fantastic purchases. It's like mm. Suchek just came straight in off the plane and played and he's the first game after he arrived and just, you know, seemed to slot in effortlessly with the rest of the team. You know, he, um, in fact, that first game, he really spent half his time in the opposition's penalty area. And you're slightly thinking, oh, hang on, we, we sort of need someone a bit more defensive. But because he he's able to cover a lot of ground quite quickly, he, he's got good instincts for when to... Um, you know, move into an attacking position and leave Rice behind uh, and uh, when to, you know, track back. Um, yeah. He's um, he's a much better version of Kiate, isn't he? he he's yeah. got the same ability to be a, a, an attacking threat, but also that ability to, to break up play and, and, you know, so he plays defensive midfield, but he also plays attacking mid. He is proper box-to-box yeah, midfielder, and he's a threat in the box, you know, because of his height and uh, mm. he's got a decent finisher. So, you know, it's fantastic to watch us play when you know Antonio wins the ball, hold, holds it up, sends Masuaku away, and it's Suchek in the six-yard box nearly scoring. You know, yeah. um, that's what we've been. You know, you can play with one up front when you've got players like Suchek and Fornells and Bone who will get in and around and beyond that. That central attacker can't you perhaps is my one cautionary note in all of this is Mikhail Antonio is now developed himself into such an all-round forward and he's I mean that pass he played having skinned Cody completely and then playing the pass across to Fornells picking out the pass similar to when he picked out the pass to Yarmolenko when we beat Chelsea he's got such an all-round game now it it does worry me what we do when we get the inevitable Antonio injury because yeah. Yeah. What, what other striker can put in that kind of effort and hold the ball up and muscle people off the ball yeah, and well, just we keep running? Well, after we've uh, you know sort of finished talking about this, we will at some point talk about the whole game where essentially our B team, uh, <laughs> composed of our uh, all of our marquee signings, um, <laughs> you know... I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Cody, though, Jim, because he has been 
vaunted, hasn't he? He's been held mm. up as the, and he, you know, he's an ever present in, in, he's been, he plays every game for Wolves and uh, he's, he's seen as the kind of the linchpin of their very successful defence. I have rarely seen a centre forward kind of destroy a centre half so comprehensively. Yeah. I mean, he was absolutely tortured by it, mm. wasn't he? He bullied him uh, totally, didn't he? Absolutely bullied him. I mean, uh, you know, he, he had him for pace. Uh, he held the ball up against him. He, he, he beat him in the air. It just, it was just, uh, it was an extraordinary performance. Actually, when you think that mm. um, he really has improved, and I think. I, you know, I just don't think Moyes gets enough credit, actually, as a manager. I think he's, you know, we've already praised him, I think, rightly for, for seeing, well, the only way we can go with the resources we've got is to go to 3-5-2. Um, but also, I, I think, you know, I think he makes some players better. I think Antonio has improved yeah. under him. Without yeah. Him. I mean, people hate him. People hate him. I, I mean, you know, there were sort of quite a few comments, uh, you know, to the effect of, uh, you know, he should get coronavirus every week, you know, as if sort of uh, <laughs> Alan Irvine basically did everything and that we had a complete change of manager and uh, almost taking, you know, Moise's absence as a sort of reinforcement of their, you know, unshakable point of view that Moise is fucking shit, you know, and mm. it's like, what's the guy to do you know it's like we lose a game you slag him off we win a game you slag him off yeah it's amazing it's yeah. amazing he was blamed it's interesting for the arsenal sorry performance. sorry sorry jim he was blamed yeah. for the arsenal supports because because he didn't make substitutions early enough um mm. but then but then got no credit for actually changing formation in a way that made us made us a very effective in the match mm. um yeah, so it's yeah. you're right. It's, he's kind of da he's damned every which way. I think people just have got it in their head that he's not a sexy enough manager. Um, and there you go. You know, there was um, uh, an interesting moment in the Wolves game at the end. Um, uh, Jim, you're uh, uh, you teach drama, and this might be uh, something that you might have insights about. There was a a catastrophic mix-up at the end of the game when Haller scored a goal. But then did the wrong emotion. You teach yeah. drama. He did. Yeah, um, he did. He did. He, yeah. he did now he. Out. I mean, normally some kind of uh, you know happiness. I've seen acting. I've acted myself <laughs> uh, quite a lot. Now some kind of happiness. Yeah, um, but I don't know if you but, noticed, Phil. He did. He. Uh, it wasn't a complete performance. I don't know if you noticed it because when Noble came up to him, one of the last people to come to go. Um, he corpsed. Oh, cracked, cracked, a little, cracked a little smile. Cracked a little smile. Yeah. What do you think the emotion he was going for uh, originally was? Well, I think he, I think he likes to think of himself as a sort of, a sort of Gallic tortured soul. It's the well, he is Gallic. Thing. He is Gallic. Well, yeah, but he does not a tortured soul. I don't. No, think. no. Um, uh, and it's he says it's the Cantonar. He, he's, he's, it is in his inner Cantonar he's trying to express. I think that's was it a restless yearning, Jim? A restless yearning? I think it's probably more. Um, I, I don't know about restless, but I think definitely yearning. There's a yearning. A, a restless. Deep, a, a yearning. It's a more kind of. It's a more profound um, sort of sedentary yearning. Um, Jim Munro, what did you what do you think he was going for in the in the acting there? I think there was a bet on when his face would break and that little smile would crack through, and I think right. Noble won the sweepstake. I think that's <laughs> yeah, what it was. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they were playing a game of, yeah, that's very good. Like, who would blink first? Yes. There, there is actually, just in something I have noticed, and I don't know what it is that they're doing, if you look closely, some of the players pull their left short leg up slightly higher than the right short leg. Mm. I, I noticed it in, in training a, a few weeks ago, and Antonio, I noticed he was doing it the he other day. It. It's, it seems to revolve around the more expensive uh, element, so you see it more in the cup games, but I don't know what the hell it's about. I wish I could get hold of them to ask one of them. Well, uh, the you know, often cyclists roll up a trouser leg, don't they, so that they don't get oil on their... Oh, maybe a lot of them are cycling into work. You've sussed it. Sullivan's cancelled the coach. And now everyone has to cycle to the match. That makes or sense perhaps, now. Do you think they're all Freemasons? Well, I wondered about Freemasonry. Yeah, Freemasonry. Yeah. It's a secret, or some kind of Illuminati. It's some kind of secret. They're deep state. 
Do you think, um, do you think if this wrong emotion thing carries on, the club should hire uh, an acting coach? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. I, I'd volunteer. I, I'm not I think you should do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, you know, the, the, the board are populists, so they'll probably just get Danny Dyer. Oh, they probably would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll just go, they'll just kick all the Lucasade bottles over every time they score. Yes, yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll rant. He will go on a, yeah. on a, on a, on a, a while. But, um, you know, to draw a line under the Wolves' performance, it, it did come out the blue. Wolves were not the Wolves we know, it has to be said, but it was incredibly encouraging. And um, and all the, the four four good goals, four good goals, you know. That's it. It's And chances, you know, chances yeah. Yeah. play as well. You know, When we went in at 1-0, I mean, it really felt that that could bite us in the arse, didn't it? I mean, it, it, it we missed those. There was a, there was a time when, when Antonio was a little bit, you know, heads down and uh, a shot when he could have possibly squared it. We had some missed chances, you know, Fornell's miss. Um, yeah, uh, Suchek's you know, well-defended header. I'll be totally honest here. Uh, at 1-0, I raised an eyebrow. At 2-0, I smiled at my son. At mm. 3-0, I got off the sofa and was leaping around the living room. Yeah. Because for the first two goals, it was like, well, it's still only 2-0, you know. It was when the third went in with about 15 minutes to go, whatever it was. It was like, OK, we just might do this. Yeah. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was harsh taking that goal off Suchek. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because there are angles where you think, oh, no, that was definitely going in. There's one low mm. angle um, on, the, on the sort of club website where they do yeah. the low angle, you know, behind the scenes thing. And um, there's one from behind the goal. And it does look as though his head is going in. Absolutely. It's not much of a deflection. Very, very strange, isn't it? You know, yeah. the guys, I mean, it really just glances off the defender as well. I mean, it just sort of hits him on the way in. It's not, it's not, it's not significantly deflected, I don't think. It's just sort of, you know, kind of bounces off him on his way to the goal. Yeah, very yeah. strange. You know, ho-hum. And well, um, done, well done, Atkinson, the referee, for letting that four nails... Uh, yeah, totally. Yes, it was interesting, because, wasn't it? I mean, you know, actually, I thought he, I didn't, I couldn't hear him blow up, so I thought he was playing an advantage because, uh, yeah, you know, I had to go back and look at it to see if um, Fornells touched the ball with his hands at all to kind of, you know, still it to take the kick. But um, I know that there was a little sort of mini complaint from um, yeah. uh, uh, Santos about. Um, he didn't take it from the right place, but I mean, it was only about a yard away from where it should yeah, be taken. I mean, it's, um, you know, I, I thought it was a good piece of refereeing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, essentially, it was like playing on, wasn't it? Um, yeah. It's in the spirit of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so we'll talk about uh, the Arsenal and Hull games after this message. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Beer52. Beer 52. Uh, they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members uh, that they send a brand new case to every single month. Every month's case has a different theme. Past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea and all over the USA and Europe. And they are offering eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com, 
forward slash West Ham all run together. So that's www.beer52.com forward slash West Ham and just cover the £5.95 for postage. Uh, if dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a snack. Uh, so don't worry, if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. So just go to beer52.com forward slash West Ham to get your first case of eight beers for £5.95. That's beer52.com forward slash West Ham. Uh, very good for lockdown where yeah. the, beer, the beer comes to you. Yeah. And you good. can drink it after 10 o'clock. Uh, it's very good. Um, I'm all for that, I have to say. Jim, you're a fan of beer. I'm a fan of beer. Mm. I am. You're I don't know about Jim. Jim likes beer as well. Jim, you like beer? I, I, I'm a very big fan of beer. I think we, have, I think we all... I, I was just looking over at my uh, Guinness Jamaican special next to my box of Lefe, thinking I should be drinking one of those right now, actually. Right, right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> Uh, now, we, um, uh, I suppose, moving backwards, we, uh, or, or in fact, let's talk about the Arsenal game. Um, so, yes, people were quite uh, worried when, when he went to this sort of three at the back um, because they essentially saw it as five at the back. But I've never, I have to say, I've never seen a formation with three central defenders where the idea is that it simply puts more human beings at the back of the pitch near the goal. It normally is to liberate your wide players and create mm. sort of wing backs, isn't it? So mm. I think it was to assume that Moyes' sort of motives were to just, you know, put more defenders out there and that it was somehow kind of negative idea. I, I, I was certainly hoping it wouldn't be like that. And sure enough, it wasn't. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, um, I think that on the uh, television coverage of the game, Patrice Evra said he had played in that, um, I think at Lyon or somewhere, you know, he said, um, you know, it was an attack, it is an attacking formation or it should be an attacking formation. Yeah. And if you think back to the, you know, days when Harry lined us up with, uh, with yeah. Yeah. Rio and uh, Unsworth and, and Pierce or whatever at the, at the back, uh, you know, with Sinclair as one of the wing back. I mean, we played some of our most scintillating attacking football, you know, with Burkhead yeah. playing in the yes, half, Omas winning the ball in midfield. You know, I look back on those days, it's some of the most enjoyable games yeah. uh, I can remember. And I, yeah. I always liked that. That Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I, I you know. Um, it, was a very, it was very bold when Harry did that, wasn't it, Jim? Yeah. Monroe. Yeah, I think uh, there was Nigel Winterburn as well had a spell as a wing back too. I mean, yeah. they, they, I think what people get deceived by the fact you've got three centre backs and they go, "Well, that's negative because you normally only have two centre backs," and they're they're immediately assuming you've got this sort of long line of five people just uh, forming the bus that you're parking in front of the goal, which you know, as, as we've said, yeah. it's very much not the case. And and in fact, it was interesting uh, watching uh, Leicester take Man City apart because. They had a very similar formation. Um, they're playing a, a, a three-five-two formation with two guys sat in front of the three centre backs. You know, we've got Rice and Suchek. Um, yeah. And I, I was already planning and thinking ahead, thinking, well, I, I hope David Moyes was watching that game closely because actually, Leicester have adopted the same tactic to uh, to take apart one of the teams you were expected to have, have, have won that game. Maybe not comfortably, but certainly they would have been favourites at the start of it. And yeah. not expected to lose 5-2, five, uh, five, whatever it was. A lot of these uh, games on, on, um, behind closed doors are very high-scoring, aren't they? There's been a lot of mm. high-scoring games lately. And um, I wonder if that is a sort of byproduct of lockdown, because often training games are quite high scoring aren't they yeah you know yeah. You, when they stick on the fluorescent yeah. bits and play each other those games are always like you know seven four and stuff yeah like that. well it's interesting as well some of the cup matches that have gone to penalties the penalty shootouts have been like 14 13 and, yeah you know, big, again you know there's not the same pressures as if you're walking up to a stand with seven thousand baying fans spitting at you and exposing yeah. their rear ends with Whatever else they're doing to try and put you off. Yeah, 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 there's something definitely in that. It does seem to be the case that the goals do seem to be flying in. Also, the penalty count is very high, isn't it? I think there's 20 penalties mm. already. When at the yeah. stage of last season, there were eight, I think, or something. So, <laughs> well, um, and that's the handball thing, isn't it? That's what they were saying on Match of the Day. It's this sort of though. new handball legislation. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that is just bananas now, isn't it? There's open, you know, on match of the day, there's just open rebellion from the managers. Hodgson, uh, in particular, just came out and said, it's mad. I don't, you know. Well, I think it is mad. It has to stop. It's not just, I think it is, I mean, clearly the handball thing is is nuts. And I, you know, everyone's here. Surely it's got to have to change. But um, uh, I think also the thing you mentioned about the lack of crowds, I mean, it's hard to imagine that in a full Etihad stadium with a home crowd, Man City would concede three penalties at home. No, I, I, I don't think those those would get given all of them anyway, and, no. and I think and I think you've got to you've just got to put you know as the, we've rather faced the kind of the daunting prospect of playing a Leicester team that's just beaten Man City mm-hmm. was kind of two all in in open play wasn't it I mean I those those, yeah. those three penalties make that result a little bit more freakish than I mean they did deserve to win the game and they, and yeah. they you know um, the Man City defence remains a problem for them, doesn't it? I mean, I, you know, it does. they spend loads of money on it, but they don't seem to be able to fix it. That Arsenal game was very frustrating, wasn't it? They, they're they a bogey team now for us, aren't they? they? Are. Not, not in that they do anything to frustrate us. In fact, you know, it always no. feels like we should win that game, like the well, one earlier this year at the Emirates. Exactly. That, that, to lose that game 1-0 as well, when we yeah. had yeah. I mean, that Antonio header that could easily have gone yeah. either side of the keeper. I mean, this, yeah. Yeah. It, it was almost like it's the hope that kills you because we, we got exactly the same kind of performance. We played really well. Were in the game for a long period and then and could have easily won the game and ended up with nothing. I think they, more than any other team, somehow bring out this kind of deference in it. It is that thing of like, we showed them too much respect, that sort of proverbial, we showed them too much respect, because that seems to be what we do serially against Arsenal. You know, we had that yeah. cup game where, you know, both teams put out, you know, really weakened teams and we lost that one nil and I think you know Jim you and I you said it seemed to be won by the team that sort of um uh it was lost by the team that wanted it less yeah exactly you know what I mean it was just like neither team wanted to win that game two shitty teams but for some reason Arsenal win it yeah and that happens even that home game last season where we kind of fell apart in the second half yeah yeah been all over at half time Arsenal were wretched yeah, staff, and we had chances, you know. So it does boil down to taking your chances, as I say. Statistically, in every other respect, mm. those games, the Arsenal and Wolves game, you look at them on 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 paper, as it were, and they were very very similar performances. Yeah, there was a consistency, and and the difference was, um, you know, Wolves were a bit toothless on the day, um, and 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 against Wolves, we took the chances, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the encouraging sign here was, again, you look at the back end of last season, we had that sort of ropey home game against Burnley where we just didn't quite look like scoring. But performances around it, we were good coming into that game and we just picked up again straight after it. Um, You could argue the Villa game at home was a bit of a dead rubber and we were lucky to get a draw there. But really, there weren't any bad performances in and around that Burnley defeat. after After Newcastle, which was a very poor performance. We really picked things up for Arsenal. And I was worried then thinking, well, the players have, they've put such great effort in. It's mm. everything worked apart from the result. I yeah, hope they're yeah. not going to then be down again for the Wolves yeah. game. Well, absolutely. they just picked up where they left off and it was another really good performance. So I've, I've, been, I've been quite encouraged by it all. We've not played. I'm going to really fuck things up here. If you don't mind my language, yeah. maybe you have to beat that out. But We've not played two bad games in a row for quite some time. No, no. There's a strange, there's a sort of strange thing with uh, Moyes serially that we um, we start off badly, we start off slowly. Like the first two games after lockdown yeah. stopped at the uh, last season, we were just wretched um, Wolves and Spurs. And then the first two games, as you say, you know, we, we weren't terrible, but we did lose them. The first game, um, the Newcastle, you know, we should have done a lot better. Though, again, you know, we had lots of possession in that game and more chances. We had more chances, more on target, more possession, more corners. And yet, so still, somehow, we lost that game. Um, mm. But then the team seemed to find their feet. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the, the, they're going to have a lot of confidence now. Um, so that's I'm wondering. I don't know what you what you think, Jim, but I'm wondering whether actually, in a way, the the, the tough run. Now we've got that win, and and 
uh, it wasn't just a good performance that we, that we got nothing from, but we've got the three points, mm. which gives you a bit of breathing space. Whether or not the fact that we've got a tough run of games is actually possibly a good thing in the sense that they can't, they can't so often after a performance like that against Wolves, we'd have Burnley next or, or Fulham next yeah. and they kind mm. of suddenly not turn up because they think they've done all... Do you know what I mean? There'd be that West Ham complacency yeah. that was is, is in the DNA of the club. Mm, and yeah. maybe they think, oh, Leicester, just be, you know, they've got to be up for Leicester, and then they'll have to be up for, you know, Liverpool and Spurs and Man City, and and uh, so I, I, I don't know what you think, whether or not that. No, might, no, and I, 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 I totally agree with what what you're saying because there, there've been times in the past when we've had the way fixtures have fallen with postponements and things. We get four games in a row at home. And you think, OK, we should pick up a nice batch of points here, maybe win the first one, draw the second one, lose the third one, 3-0. And it's just, it just goes all over the place. Whereas yeah. I, th- I think the big thing is, um, as was evident against Wolves, it's the same system as we played against Arsenal, but the players obviously believe in it because they, yeah. yes. there's not one person who didn't try his best playing in that formation to make things work. And they got the result. And that, th- there's no better Philip than actually getting the win to prove that what you're doing is right. And yeah. that will give them the confidence in the manager and the confidence in each other and what they're doing. And I, yeah. I just think, you know, that's no better way to test it than playing some of the top teams as coming up in the yeah. next yeah. few weeks. And they, no, they that's, all, a, that's a good sorry, point. Go they, they really did seem to believe in the system. They understood it and they were able to sort of put it into effect. And yeah, Mas- mm. you know, the transformation of Masuaku is, uh, is, is, you know, key to that, I think. Um, and, and, and in a way, in, in a sense, it brings me on to uh, talking about the whole game because we we've got a you know if we're not going to buy anyone new, the fact is we do it potentially have another team of talented players <laughs> who, who who have got to start to come into the team. You know, um, Moyes came into a lot of flack for uh, not making substitutions earlier in the Arsenal game. But in his defence, I would say there's not one change I can make that won't actually weaken the team. I have my best 11 men out there. And I think that is a problem for him. And it's not as easy as it seems to kind of go, you know, just make a substitution, fresh legs, fresh legs, because you're sort of unbalancing the team. You know, Bilic used to make changes to try and uh, uh, close out a game uh, that would result in us losing the game. Yeah. Mm. He did it against West Brom. Sorry. Did it against West Brom, did it against Palace. Yeah. You know, we lost the game because he was trying to make changes to close the game out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, Managers are often criticised, aren't they, for not knowing their best 11. And it does now look as though Moyes kind of does know his, his best 11, but uncomfortably it doesn't include our two record signings. No. And um, that's... that's it relies on hard work. He needs people in that system who run their socks off, yeah. but have still got the, enough puff at the end of it to, to have the skill to do what he wants them to do. And, yeah. you know, and like I said, if Antonio gets injured, if you've got Haller playing that um, front role on his own, um, you think, well, you, you know what you're going to get. It's not going to be the same performance in any way, shape or form. Uh, it might it might still work with those around him, obviously doing all the running for him, um, yeah. and, and he can still have that languid stride to pull himself in the right position for a cross. Um, but it, it's it's not going to be the same as Antonio muscling off an England international off the ball, belting yeah. down the wing, and then pinging across a beautiful pass for somebody. But our B team did extremely well and played a good game against Hull. You know, it's only Hull, but you know they. They um, they're lower than they should be because they had a points deduction, and you know yeah. they, they, they were the same against Charlton as well. You know? yeah. yeah, they weren't very I mean, good. Let, but, let's look but, at our recent cup records against lower league sides, and then look yes. at the two results we've just had. And I was like, I'm farting for joy over here. I mean, it's yeah, amazing we, we, score you know, eight goals in two games. <laughs> we murdered Hull, and our two stri- you know talented strikers. One a Ukrainian international and another a forty-five million pound striker. Both scored <laughs> two each. You know, well, yeah. I mean that, I that. Sorry, that front four of of Lanzini and 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 Haller and 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 Yarmo. Um, uh, who else? Was the other one. Um, anyway, uh, that that B team. It, it, it just had too much class for for a yeah. one 
opposition. What, what, but what you said earlier about having two teams, we don't really, we have, an, we have a second attacking uh, part yeah. of the team, but we don't have yeah. a second defensive part of the team. And that is really where we are with a few days to go. We are absolutely desperate to bring a couple yeah. of decent, decent bodies in, I think. Um, but I, but I, I, you know, I hope that um, there is a feeling that we're moving, you know, gradually towards including some of the people from that second eleven more because these games are going to be giving them confidence. They seem to have quite a spirit among them. That kind of yeah. second eleven when they played Hull. Yes, they yeah. did. Yeah, there's a lot of smiling going on, and Yarmolenko and, and Haller have got something going between them where they go to celebrate and then they kind of turn away from each other in a mock. I don't need to celebrate with you and then start laughing. So that, that there's, there's good little sort of moments of spirit between individual players as well as them as a, an attacking collective because you see them all uh, joint with Snodgrass all huddling together when all the goals yeah. were flying in. Um, but, of course, they've got the, the more space and more time to do the things that they're best at. Um, they're, they're like luxury substitutes, if you think. If we're winning a game 2 or 3-0, you can bring them on to put the icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's when you need to start the game absolutely on your toes and make sure you're diving in for every tackle and chasing every do, ball. Do you, do you see any of them forcing their way into the first eleven, as it were? I think when the cup has calmed down, either we've been kicked out or uh, there's a gap in cup games, then perhaps it might happen. But to be quite honest, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But who, who would you take out of the starting eleven? I, well, I mean, I, I still think that I would like to see because you know we he, he, Antonio does miss sitters and stuff, and does sometimes make the wrong decision. I, I would like to see a, a sort of a front three that had Bowen, uh, Antonio, and you know a, a record, Yarmolenko or Haller basically in it, um, um, because I you know I think I think we'll get more goals that way. I think you know Antonio can still. You know, can still score goals. Bowen scored goals with Antonio as our, you know, yeah, yeah. main striker. You know, the idea is it's a front three. So um, I, I still think, in a way, that's still, you know, Antonio's strong suit is running at them. You know, I would like. To, I agree with you. I would like to see Antonio on one of the wings with Haller in the middle because, um, you know, he, he, as we've said several times already, he he can muscle people off the ball belt down that wing and swing over and uh, swing over some crosses. And if you've got Mazuaka uh, doing that as well, um, there, there should be plenty of opportunities for Hallers to get his nut on a ball. I have I to think, say, the one I, I feel... The... Sorry, sorry, Jim, go, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, the, the, I was, the, re the reason I kind of mentioned about forcing the way in is, of course, with Fredericks's injury, there is now a space in the first eleven, isn't there? And I, I thought the one slightly unconvincing performance against Wolves was Johnson as a wing-back. He didn't look like a wing-back to me. So we don't... Um, and, of course, uh, um, Anderson has played uh, right wing-back for Lazio in the past. Oh, interesting. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's going back a few years, but uh, I wonder, particularly against, you know, uh, teams where you think you might have more possession, I wonder whether he might be an interesting extra yeah. attacking option. And then that might allow you to, to play... Rather than the spread three, the player two up front with someone in the hole behind them, which is the how we used to play, you know, with someone in that Berkovic role, maybe a Lanzini or a, a Fornals in that uh, in that role, and then you yeah. could have Antonio and Alaire or Alaire and Bowen, or you know. They're, they're, and of course, you know, Antonio himself has played right wing back. Although I mean, I have to say, I saw, I find. Um, uh, I feel most sorry for Yarmolenko in a way because I don't think he's done a lot wrong. His um, goals no. per minutes on pitch for us must be amazing now because he, you yeah. know, he comes on against Chelsea and scores, scores a really good goal, scored two goals in, you know, against Hull. I think he's really good. He turns for a big man. He turns more quickly than I would say at least half our team. You know, to, he, he's ah. he's got he's got really good feet, really good quick feet, and is a gifted player. You know, he's a Ukrainian international, and I I I'd like to see him get a lot more game time. Yeah. I, I, I I agree with you about him, but he doesn't do the running Bowen does, and Bowen's got his shirt at the moment because Bowen's got that place. They they they're going to play in the same position. Uh, yeah. yeah. System. Um, and well, you, I, you know, for Ukraine, he plays centrally. For Ukraine, he plays centrally. 
I'd have, have Antonio, him, and Bowen. Well, I, I, I wouldn't play. There's no way Yarmolenko is putting in the performance that Antonio did against Cody. That's but not, Antonio would still no be playing. Yeah, but it was, I mean, I, you know, I, Antonio, as far as, I mean, well, whether we like it or not, I mean, he is the centre forward for the foreseeable, isn't he? Um, and he, he, you can't argue with what he's doing at the moment. He's a goal a game for the last 10 games. And he, he just looks a, a transformed player, in, in my view. Because you mentioned all that thing, yeah, he missed his sitters and he did miss both spots, but he didn't on he hasn't on the last couple of games. Um, well, no, in fact, and, if you look since since the Premier League resumed uh, in June, uh, Antonio's got the same amount of goals as Jamie Vardy, and Vardy got a hat trick on Saturday, so he yeah. got a lot of his goals. I know you could argue that uh, Mikhail got four against uh, Norwich, but you know if you're and Raheem Sterling's on the same number of goals as Raheem yeah. Sterling, so. Mm. That's yeah. the kind of company he's keeping at the moment, with the and yeah. and that's not including the things that he was doing, like crossing the ball over to four nails and yeah. things. No, but I mean, essentially, I agree with you. I mean, I I, I love Yamalink. I think he's a fantastic player, and I think he will get game. We're going to get injuries. We're going to get you need you actually to be, you know, in theory, competing where we want to compete in the league. You do need to complete two teams of attacking players. Yeah, and, and yeah, but that's but that's but but the but the issue is whether Moyes deploys them. You know, we have got two teams, and as yeah. you say, we need two teams. But at the moment, you know, the issue with Moyes was with people going, well, he's leaving the same 11 guys out there till nearly, till pretty much yeah. the end of the game, yeah. every yeah. single match. Yeah. So that's the issue. It's not whether we've got them. I'm not disagreeing with you. We, we, we have them. Mm. We're not disagreeing with each other. But uh, Wait, no. I mean, the, the Newcastle game, the two guys, the two substitutions he made were after something like the 65th or 66th minute. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's not like he sat back and waited until the last 10 minutes in that game. No. I, I, the Arsenal game, you can argue that, you know, again, we were pushing for a winner when we conceded that goal. Um, we were looking at perhaps we could still nip. There's no thought of being defensive. Mm. Um, and, you know, it was unfortunate the way it played out that it did. Mm. Um, so, you know, maybe if an, and another 10 games, if he's, if he's not brought anyone on since, from up until the yeah. 85th minute, then perhaps OK. But... Like I say, the one game where you really needed to make substitutions was Newcastle at home, and mm. he did bring two people on with about 25 yeah. minutes to go. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, be interesting, you know. We've got another, uh, we've got another Carabao Cup game tomorrow, so it'll. Uh, I assume it'll be pretty much that same bunch of guys. Much tougher test tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, we'll see because I think they, you know. That there is now a spirit among that team, as we say, you know, Snodgrass, Haller, Yarmolenko. Um, uh, they've got a sort of, there is a spirit amongst them, Wilshire. Um, you know. uh, yeah, well, yeah, you know, Wilshire, there was an interview with him, wasn't there, in, um, I think it might be the Times, you know, with, I might be with Henry Winters, you know, sort of saying, he's saying you know, how hungry he is, how desperate he is. He's only 28 when you think about yeah. it, you know. Um, if we could get him back and, and and playing anything like he was, you know, two or three years ago, it was it was it was a class act. So yeah, yeah, you, know, you, you don't give up hope. I suppose is what. Um, um, yes, yeah, interesting. I mean, there's there's you know there's some people banging on doors. Lanzini is looking sort of better in those uh, better. again in those um, games against lower league opposition. But I mean, he at his best is in theory better than four hours at his best. You I know. think as a creative player and as a and as a runner with the ball, definitely. Yeah. Um, he does what yeah. Fortnite does, but he does it a little bit better. I think he's got uh, a bit more flair. I think he's yeah. got a bit more flair. You know, I think he's got um you know, he's got the capacity as we've seen him in the past, you know, to score goals out of nothing or or, yeah. or to to take a man on and go past them and that kind of thing. You know, that Fornals is quite um, I think a lot of people thought he was a big kind of, you know, kind of European flair player, but he's actually, he's a worker, isn't he, Fornals? Yeah, he's quite sort of meat and potatoes, he's, he's a, yeah. He's quite meat and potatoes, but he's very good, you know. Yeah, he is uh, good, yeah. fine yeah. cut of meat and, and best, you know, Jersey Royal potatoes. I mean, well, you it, know, he's... <laughs> in, in the course of my professional capacity, we, we have the privilege and the pleasure of reading up to stats after all these matches. And there was that stat um, after the Wolves game that Fornals has assisted more goals in the Premier League than any other West Ham player since the start yeah. of last season. Yeah. It's yeah. only with six, but you know, he's still top of that particular little table. No, I mean, he picks a pass, doesn't he? You know, in that breakaway yeah. with the Yarmolenko goal against Chelsea, he, you know, he starts that move, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, and he waits yeah. the pass very well. Yeah. 
You know, he's got a good, um, he's got a nice range of passing, which again, Masuaku does as well. Masuaku now adds a creative element from that flank, you know. Well, yeah, yesterday, it was, uh, sorry, yesterday, Sunday evening, it was 100% cross accuracy. I mean, yeah, every cross he put in. Crossing was fantastic, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. there were three, there were three absolutely world-class crosses. The one, the low ball in for, that Suchek got on the end of. Yeah. yeah. The low one near post that Bowen nearly got on the end of. And, and the yeah. pinpoint header to final air in space, you know. Yeah. Um, all great. You know, great crosses. And, and, you know, I think a run in the team is really going to suit Masawaka, where he starts to, you know, feel, you know, a bit loved and that he's going to play every week. Um, mm. You know, I think you'll only see him improve and grow, grow in confidence. He yeah. does seem to be a confidence player. You know, yeah. that fantastic game against Chelsea, the 1-0, where he had their... Um, had their sort of right back on toast for the entire game. You know, he really grew into that game. He was taking players on, running past yeah. them. But then yeah. he seemed to slightly lose his confidence again and sort of, yeah. you know, um, and then, you know, I he's, think that... He just, he's just not a left-back, is he? He's a, no. He is a wing-back. He's actually, a, mm. he is very specifically a left-back. Well, he's, mid, he's like a midfielder. He's a yeah. midfielder. Yeah. He's yeah. A, but no. I think he's got the energy to get up and down. He puts in a good cross. Yeah. He's just not a kind of one-on-one defender. When they were doubled up with him and Cresswell against Traore, he didn't get a, didn't get a sniff, did he? No. Um, no. Going back to quickly just the whole game and, and talking about kind of squad and, and, and whatever, I, th- I, I think there are one or two encouraging performances from youngsters coming through that Harrison Ashby looked good he did look good yeah, um, yeah. and um I know Longello came on and, and made and, and instantly you know made a horrible mistake but I've watched yeah. him a couple of times in those under 23 games he's got pace and height and he looks like he might be a, a um that, that sent, that, that, the centre-back yeah. was all right wasn't he and then least yeah. the centre-back he, yeah. he looks incredibly assured for his age so yeah you know, that that yeah. Longello you mentioned, Jim, he, he yeah. was actually, until last season, he was a striker. And then he sort of became more of a wide striker was and he? then a kind of wingy type striker. And then they, for some reason, thought, well, actually, he could work at, at fullback. And yeah. so that was his first full season last season as a left back. And as you say, he's got all those attributes, the the pace and the, the height and everything that you perhaps associate with a, with a forward. So... He's obviously had the talent to carry himself through those positions. Yeah. Um, Unless we see how he develops. Yeah. Unless we forget, Cullen is starting to look good now. Yes, he Um, is. Because, you know, it's possible that Suchek or Rice might pick up a knock. And, you know, um, rather than just assuming that sort of uh, nobs will go just straight in to replace them, there might be other players that just have the legs for 90 minutes to... Uh, you know, keep the tempo that the rest of the team is is um, working to up. You know, yeah. I mean, he's you know he's had those lone um, seasons with Charlton. I mean, he, he looks a better player than he did you know three years yeah. ago, whenever it was. We saw him briefly in the, in yeah, the first yeah. team. Um, you know, he's he's put some he's he's got some game time. You know, um, it's it's not the Premier League, but it's still you know it's still competitive yeah. and and. Yeah. Um, you know, some players are late developers, aren't they? You know, he's yeah. You know, we kept him, we didn't move him on. Like yeah. the, the the club must see something in him because he's almost got. You know, you could see them just like letting Charlton have him for like you know a million pounds or something. But you know, we got him back and he's been playing in the friendlies and you know um, preseason. You know, he played in those preseason games yeah. and it seems like he might be you know part of the furniture, which would be yeah. good. Because obviously we need those uh, youngsters to come through. Yeah. Um, we should probably think about wrapping this up now, in which case we need predictions for two games, uh, uh, two tough games. Um, first of all, I guess Everton uh, tomorrow. What do we reckon? Um, it depends a lot, doesn't it, on what sort of you know how seriously Everton are taking this and what kind of side they put out. They're 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 obviously flying in the in the league. Yeah. Um, uh, I think you know. I think. That that that's a settled B team, as you've said now, and they they they're obviously enjoying playing together. I, I think we've got a chance of um, of pulling off a a two one shock. I think it's a bit of a surprise, but I think we might win it. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, not not a place that we get a lot of joy at, but yeah. um, you know, it, it, we've been talking about A's and B teams. Uh, Everton, that that holy trinity they got in of Allen and James Rodriguez and. Ad- 
at Billy Decore, haven't played in the League Cup so far. Um, no. If that persists, if they decide that that's the way they're going ahead, and we've we've got all our big names in there, so to speak. I, I agree with Jim. I was actually going to go for the similar scoreline. I was going to say this is a bit spiky, but I'm going to go for a two-one win. Maybe I'll make it a one-nil win then, um, just to be different. But yeah. I just think we might sneak it. I just think if if Everton stick with the lineup they've had in the cup so far and don't bring in those three guys, I'd be surprised if they're not on the bench because it's, we're getting into the sort of serious roundage now, aren't we? Mm. Um, but yeah, if they're not playing, I think we've, we've got a good chance. Why not? Yes, I'm tempted to say one or we win on penalties. Oh, I hope he goes through the entire team and Randolph <laughs> takes his gloves off to, to score yeah. Yeah. in a kind of bizarre replay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I am going to say that. One or we win on penalties. Now, what about Leicester at the weekend? Oh. <laughs> uh, I, um, you just, I, I don't fill me with much fear, Leicester. I mean, I, you know, I sort of feel like we can get a draw out of them. I think, yeah, you'd you'd have that. I mean, I think more important is a continuation of the same kind of level of performance. And if I think we do perform at that level, we've got every chance of getting something out of the game, even if we end up, you know, being a bit unlucky on the receiving end. You've got to watch Vardy and he's very, he gets those penalties now, doesn't he? Um, Yeah. uh, we went up there when they that that year they won. We had Pyatt. We went up there and he went over in the box just the same way as he did against Man City. Um, but the referee sent him off. Got he got yeah the card got sent off. Yeah, uh, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen in the current climate. So no. I'd be very happy with a with a one all or a nil nil even to be honest. I think a point would be very good to come out of that. Four points out of those first four games that. You know, and good starting to play well. That 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 would do me. Yeah, yeah. Jim Munro, what do you reckon? Uh, I would be delighted with a draw. I won't uh, mince my words there. I'd be happy. Respect the point, as someone we all knew once said. But yes. I've, I've got got a feeling, realistically, it'd be more like a gallant two-one defeat. So, right. I, if I if I sound the note of gloom, then you can all crow and say, ha ha. You were wrong, no, and no, I'll be no, quite happy. Being well, no, I'd be realistic. quite happy to be proved wrong, Jim. That's what I was going to say. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go for the gallant two-one defeat. Is it up there or at our place? So it's up it's there, the, lad. It's there. Yeah. I'm going to say Leicester two, West Ham three. Well, yeah. In the spirit of these high-scoring games that we're seeing at the moment, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. You know um, they're going to score, aren't they? But. Uh, you know, I think I think Yarmolenko might get one as well off the bench. Yeah, well, he, he did do well up there in his first season, didn't he? Yeah, he did very well. Yeah. I mean, the thing about that sort of cutting inside, people go, you know, once they work that out, he'll be completely nullified. But you can you can see they work it out, but they still don't know what to do about it. I mean, when he, you know, against Chelsea, he just cut inside. Yeah. I mean, it was Rudiger, wasn't it? it? Wasn't wasn't close enough to him, but in, in, he sort of did it in one of those Carabao Cup games. But it was sort of in the area, so you yeah. know all well, they can do is follow him when he right. when he shifts the ball over onto his left foot. All they can do is basically try and stand in front of him. But that's why he's shifting it is to try and find an angle. You know, when, when well, you were waxing lyrical about him, I was thinking the same thing. Everybody knows what he's going to do. He's going to shift it onto his left and then you know whack it in from there. But no one seems able to stop him. No, that's right because he he is he you know like Decanio, he's quite patient at sort of trying to shift mm. the ball till he gets an angle to you know put it in. And while he's doing that, they can't trip him up, so they just have yeah. to watch him do it. But and because he's, right? he's quite tall, because he's quite tall, kind of uh, he just sort of he didn't blast it, did he? He placed it into no. the uh, into the net. Um, mm. But again. Doing that, cutting in on his on his left. Yeah, it is hard to stop, isn't it? Bowen does it. I mean, I and Robin made a world class career out of doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is hard to stop. I think. Yeah, I just mean, most they're do, instinctively want to show the the outside to the to the attacker. Um, you know, 
Yeah, it depends where they pick the ball up, doesn't it? I mean, obviously, if they are near the touchline, you can just stand in front of them all day. Uh, but if they're, you know, they've got a bit of momentum and they're near the 18-yard box, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem, whatever you do. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, that's probably it from uh, this week's uh, Stop Hammer Time um, at the end of a very uh, uh, confident series of games. And in fact, you know, we, we can we can hopefully uh, feel a little bit confident going into what's going to be two quite hard games. So uh, this is Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Wheelands. With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Jim Munro. Cheers, fellas. Come on, you irons. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.